This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This week we have the schos of Lady Parsha Yeshav. It's also Shabbos Hanukkah, which is not a common thing for the first Shabbos to be Shabbos Hanukkah, Yeshav. This week's Parsha, we learned the very sad incident of Mechirus Yeshav, of the Shvatim selling Yeshav. After Yeshav is sold, he makes his way down, he's brought down to Mitzrayim and he's sold to Vatifar. The Chumash interrupts that narrative and tells us what happened to Yehuda. It says Yehuda fell in his position towards from the brothers. It tells us how Yehuda got married. He married Bashua. He had three children, Er Einan and Shela. They uh, Er married Tamar, and then Er died. Tamar then did Yibum with Einan and married Einan. Then Einan died. And now Tamar was expecting to marry Shayla as Yivam, and Yehuda didn't want. He was scared that his first two sons died from her, and the third one also. So he said, wait till he grows up. Tamar went back, and meanwhile, a little later, Yehuda's wife, Bashua, passed away. And Yehuda gets involved more with the, with the sheep, and he went to the shearing of a sheep, to the same place where Tamar was. Tamar heard that Yehuda's coming, she wanted to go do even with him, and she placed herself on the side of the road where she met with Yehuda, and they ended up together. She says, how am I going to make sure that I get paid? And she, she said, I'll give you a goat. And as a security, as a mashkin, he gave him his, his, um, his cloak, a ring, and a staff. Later on, he goes home, and he tries to send it to her. He couldn't find her. Three months later, Yehuda finds out, they come and tell her that Tamar became pregnant. She was a Shemer Yuvamalashuk, she wasn't allowed to, and they brought her out to go, they investigated and they brought her out to kill her, and they were going to burn her as the daughter of Shane, the daughter of Akain. She goes and she sends these three things to Yehuda. She says, Whoever owns this is the father of this child. And Yehuda goes and says, Satka Mimeni. Satka. She's right, Mimeni, it is for me, the child is for me. From here, Rashi quotes the Gemara and cites a tremendous Gemara, said in the names of either either Rav or said in the name of Rashimon Chasido uh, or Rashim Bayechai. Noach lei la Adam sheibul asu tef kipshon eish va'al yavu penechaber barabim. Noach lei la Adam is it is better for a person is more preferable for a person. It's noach. It's it's pleasure. It's calm for a person that he should throw himself into a fiery furnace, and not embarrass himself, not embarrass someone else in public. What does public mean? So, the Swarim say, the Primagodim, others say that it's referring to um, three people. Once it's three people, that's considered a rat. Yeah, usually, yeah, but here it's, here's three people, to the Primagodim in Matan Tzchor and Shomitzvah, in Mitzvah Hay, that three people is considered a rabbin. So, Famous Taisus asked over here, he goes, How could that be? If that's the case, we know that there are brought down in the Gemara and Sachem on the Nunheim and Aleph, that there are Gimel Averis, Shein Ayyuf Nepikuk Nefashis. We know that there are three Averis that we say Yahagva Yavr. And those are Averis Kechavim, Gila Rish, because Daman. So why isn't embarrassing somebody included if embarrassing someone, a person has to give up their life? Taisus answers, We are talking about over here. Taisa says it should be included, but just so happens to be 
that we are only including mitzvahs that are said straight in the Torah, they have to give up their life. So, Gila Rai, Shrikas Damim, and Avayda Zara, that is says straight out, but it does not talk about embarrassing someone, and therefore only mentions those three. But it includes that one as well. Rebani Yain actually, in, in Shai Truva says, it is included. It's included in Shrikas Damim. Embarrassing someone is the same thing as killing, as the same thing as killing him. The Me'iri has a difficult time with this and saying, Mama, she means to actually kill yourself. He says, is this Gemara talking about La'alacha? Well, maybe the Gemara is more of a, a Gadata, just trying to teach us the importance of not embarrassing someone. And therefore, the Miri says, it's really not the Halacha, but it's just teaching us how important it is not to embarrass somebody. A person should be willing to go into a fire not to embarrass someone, because that's how damaging, that's how painful it is to embarrass someone. But not that it really means it. And we find this Lashon of Gemara of Nayach, by the Gemara Erevitz, says Nayach Adam. Uh, when it's talking about it, is, is it better for a person to be born or not? It's also, it's not halacha. So that's this. So according to Tyson and Rebbein Yaina, it made sense why Tamar allowed her, was ready to allow herself to be killed because that's halacha. It's better to go, it's better to allow yourself to be thrown into a fire than to embarrass someone. She's going to embarrass, be very embarrassing this whole episode if they find out that Yehuda was the father. So it makes sense according to Tezus and according to Rebbein But the question as far as ask is according to the Me'iri that says, this is just telling us how serious it is. So over here, Tamar is not going out of her way to embarrass Yehuda. She's not doing anything. And she's allowed to defend herself not to get killed. So why is she giving up her life? A person can't just give up their life for nothing. So why is she giving up her life if that's not the halacha? So some explain that when it says these three mitzvahs, the Gimel of Eres Chumurais, is Yaharik Val Yavar, that's when you have to. But any other mitzvah, if a person wants to give up his life for it, he's allowed to. And therefore she felt she wanted to, she didn't want to embarrass him, she's allowed to do that. I'll then explain a little differently, and that is, in everything we do in life, we need two components to equal 100%. Those two components are Bitochen and Ishtavos. And together they have to equal 100%. So if somebody has uh, 10% betachen, he's going to need 90% ishtadlis. If somebody has, for real, 90% betachen, so only 10% ishtadlis. Right? It, it only, it, together, you need both. What the numbers are, that's up to you. It can be 90-10, 50-50, whatever the numbers are. Therefore, Tamaris was a tremendous balance betachen. And Tamar said, I'm going to do my shtadlis. What's my shtadlis? To go and to send the ring, the staff, and the cloak and say to Yehuda, says, wherever this belongs to, that's who the father is. And then it's up to him. That was her shtadlis that she did. And therefore, the Gemara learns from here, it should be better for a person, it should be pleasurable, so to speak, for a person, and not to go and to to, uh, to embarrass someone. And this we see clearly how Rashi brings the episode, what Rashi says. It's amazing, you look at the words, how Rashi brings it down. She did not want to embarrass him. I'm pregnant from you, and, and she would have saved her life. She said to herself, to, to herself, if he will admit on his own, talking about Yehuda, let him admit, Vim lav, and if he doesn't admit, Yisrofuni, let them burn me. Val yal, val alvin ponav, and I will not embarrass him. 
And the Gemara, Mikanonu Nechle Lodom, Shivul Asmin Likushanesh, Valyapne Chaver Barab. But look at these words. She didn't do it angry or upset or why am I in this situation? But she said, look, that's the way it is. She was, she was happy to do it. She was content with what Hashem's will was. I'm doing my Ishtalis. If he wants to admit to it, let him admit to it. If he doesn't want to admit, so then I don't want to go and to embarrass him. It was that extra willingness and that desire to rely completely on Hashem and to connect strongly with Hashem is what she's being praised for over here. Now we know we do a mitzvah. We know we're going to get rewarded, but we don't do it for the reward. That's not the first thing in our mind. We put on tefillin every day because we're going to get rewarded. Of course we want to get rewarded, but we do the mitzvah. But when it comes to an extra mitzvah, we always think, you know, I really went out of my way. I, I really should be getting something extra. Tamar really went out of her way. She didn't just allow him not to be embarrassed. It was nayachle. She was, she was very content with it. What was the result of that? What were the repercussions of that? What were the, the rewards for that? So we see, now it's Hanukkah time, and we say, It's a time to praise Hashem. And for the next eight days, we're going to have the schus of saying halal. And very interesting, towards the beginning of halal, we say, that says Yisrael, when the Jews went out of Mitzrayim, Beis Yaakim, Memlez, Haisa Yehuda Lekatshay, Yehuda made it, was, was sanctified it, Yisrael Mam Shalaisa. What's this referring to? That Yehuda, we know that the Gemara tells us by Chris Yamsuf, so everyone knows the second shot. The first shot, I don't know why it's not so well known, Oh, very good. That Binyamin, Binyamin went in. Sheva Binyamin went into the Yamsuf. The second shot that everyone seems to know for the Gemara Sachem is that everyone was scared to go in, and Nachshin ben Aminadav went inside until he reached his mouth, and then the Yamsuf split. And the Swaram asked, why does it say, Haisa Yehuda Lekatshay? Haisa is a Lashin Nekeva. It should say, Haya Yehuda Lekatshay. Nachshin was from Sheva Yehuda, so it should say, Haya Yehuda Lekatshay. Why does it say Haisa? And the Moral gives it Terence, and other gives truth to him. But it's interesting, the Alshech and Sefer Tehillim, as well as in the Sivas on the Goddess of Pesach, answers as follows. He says, the reason why it's Haisa and not Haya is because Yehuda got, Nachshin got this Mida from his great-great-grandmother Tamar. Where did Nachshin get the ability the kayak to jump inside and, and, and rely completely on Hashem and be content and happy, this is Hashem's will. He got that from his great-great-grandmother Tamar. That she was content and happy, this is the will of Hashem, and she's ready to do it. So too was Nachshin ben Aminadav. He was content with, with this is the will of Hashem, to go in, and therefore he went inside not worried. And that's why it says, Yehuda He got it from Tamar, and not Yehuda Lekatshay. What a warm and beautiful message for us. To receive as we go into Hanukkah and we get ready for to have a beautiful relationship with Hashem and to feel close to Hashem. The great grain and Sadiq of Chaim Priesworth said over a few times some episodes of his experience during the Holocaust. He said over that he was he was from Poland and he was trying to, to flee and as he was running away to, to, to Poland he was trying to, trying to escape he was caught by a group of soldiers. These German soldiers, they weren't from the SS, they were from the Wehrmacht, and they're brought to the local police station where they're going to kill him. They come inside the police station, 
and they get ready to kill him. And you can see already there's evident quite a few Jews in Nebuchadnezzar were, were, were slaughtered there. And the captain of the police says, get him out of here. Enough Jews were killed over here. This place is starting to reek and stink of blood. Get him out of here. I don't want to clean up anymore. Take him to the field and kill him there. So a soldier went, grabs him, and starts walking to the field. Rav Chaim Kreiser said on the way, of course, the whole time he's diving to Hashem to save him, pleading with Hashem for his life. And they got to the field. And then the soldier mentions to him, he says, you know, I also have a family. I have a wife and children. I haven't seen them from the beginning of the war. I miss them. Chaim didn't answer anything. They keep on going. And a few moments later, the soldier takes out his rifle and he shoots forward. He shoots three or four shots. Then he turns to me, turns to Rav Chaim Kreiser and says, run, run, get out of here. Rechaim ran into the forest, ran as fast as he could, and ultimately he survived the Holocaust. He would say that he often thought about this incident and wondered, like, why did I survive? What happened over there? What schuss did I have? And he said, I don't know what's for sure what schuss I have, but there's one thing I can think of. And that was, that when I was learning, he says, when he was learning in Warsaw, the Grudinsky Rebbe, Rebram Grudinsky, who was the Manal of the Slovakia Yeshiva, Interesting, later on, he married his daughter, Sarah. But he was a Malas of Yeshiva, and they were, they were in Warsaw, and he called me over once, and he asked me, he says, there's a Talmud Chalkin here named Rav Yishayla Mishnah. Rav Yishayla Mishnah was a tremendous Talmud Chalkin. He was an elderly person, and unfortunately he lost his sight. And he know what to take care of him. So he asked me if he can sleep in my room, and I should take care of him. And I right away said yes. Now, the Grzynski Rebbe did not know that I only had one bed in my room. This person, Rabbi Shaila Mishnah, also didn't know I had one bed in my room because he was blind. So he came into my room. I He slept on my bed with my blankets and my pillow. And I slept on the floor, on the bare floor, no blanket and no pillow. And that's where I slept. And this was for about six weeks. I did everything. I served them beautifully. And after those six weeks, Nebuchadnezzar passed away. Said so Rechaim Kreisworth, says, in my opinion, I think I was saved because of him. Because I managed to move things around. I did everything I could to save him. And therefore, Kreisbarcho later on moved things around and changed things in order to save me. But what we see from here is having that relationship with Hashem, such a beautiful and meaningful thing. That's something we should all aspire to. As we come into this Hanukkah, to go and to strengthen our relationship with Hashem. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a Freilich Hanukkah. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.